a fire on the mountain burning out of control. The sky is set ablaze in all its red and gold. The temperature's rising and the wind is blowing hot. We gotta turn this ship around before we run aground. We gotta turn this ship around before we run aground. Welcome to Off the Record with Paul Hodes here on WKXLAM and FM, streamed live over the internet and archived at NH Talk Radio for your binge listening pleasure. We are brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, or other forms of memory impairment. You can join a tour and celebrate life at the Birches by calling 224-9111, and I'm joined by... Chris Ryan here in happy Concord, New Hampshire. It's not quite sunny, but it's coming along. It's coming. The weather's coming back. It's warm. It's cold. It's warm. It's cold. Don't slip on the ice. And, uh, oh, wait, wait. We've got something coming in from, from overseas. Hello. Hello, Paul. Hello, Paul. Is Radio Moscow here? Radio Moscow hacking your show. Uh, oh, I'm I'm sorry, Radio Moscow. That That's a hack. Yes, we are hacking your show. We are expert hackings, and we are hacking your show. We are so happy to report that our president, Vladimir Putinsky, is very, 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 very happy because he's Putin puppet, uh, Donald Humpty Trump, Donald Humpty Trumpety sat on the wall, and Humpty Trumpety had a great fall. He no, he's not giving a State of Union address because we know we, we we have not quite finished script for him in giving State of Union. <laughs> we are writing furiously, trying to come up with something that could be good for you, U.S. But ha ha ha, we can't come up with anything that's going well. But what is good for us, of course, is government shutdown. People are starving. People losing homes, very, very unhappiness in U.S. of A. And we, of course, Vladimir Putininsky is very happy. His plan with Putin Puppet has come to to great, great, great success. We are very happy and we thank you for your contribution. Wait a second. I didn't contribute to any of no, this. No, you did. You're, I, you're a Trump I administration not. official. I, I'm, well... That's yeah. true. Yeah. I am a Trump admin. Oh, we know. We we know. We we follow your career very closely. We tried to compromise you, but you know you would not be compromised. But now you Trump administration official in National Council on Arts. FBI goes back into your background. All your friends lie for you. You get appointment to National <laughs> Council, and you're still serving now. Very bipartisan of you. But we watch. We watch. And if you ever think of running for anything again, we watch you. Yeah. And we will hack you. Don't let it. Well, thank you, thank you, Radio Moscow, and and good night to you from Concord, New Hampshire. We're we're done. Okay, goodbye. Over and outski. Well, that was a really surprising hack from Didn't Radio see that Moscow. One coming. Didn't they know see a lot that about you. They do. They somehow they know they know all my secrets. Yeah. I wonder how, but they don't have any tapes because I've never been to Russia. I've never been in a hotel in Russia. Sure, I've, you haven't. I've never sojourned with escorts in Russia. They have no tapes. Not in Russia but. on me. They have no tapes. <laughs> Not in Russia on me. That's what is known in politics <laughs> as a non-denial yeah. denial. I have been in hotel rooms here and there, but. The rest of it, no, no, I'm a clean living kind of guy. But here we are in the United States, day 
34 of a really serious bit of business. The federal government is shut down every day. Families of FBI agents, TSA agents, air traffic controllers, federal workers are having to go without and having to find alternative means of support. They're losing their homes. They're losing their credit ratings. Um, And Donald Trump and his folks just don't seem to care. It's like what what it's it's like a cover of Mad Magazine. What? Me bother? Oh, neither side seems to care all that much. Oh, that's not true. Oh yeah. That's not y'all true. are y'all Democrats are, yeah, Democrats have hearts, hearts oh, compassion, yeah. compassion and hearts. hearts. The, the liberal the liberal Democrats So why don't you just put a, why don't you just give them a couple of dollars for the wall and let these people eat again? Didn't you hear Jim Clyburn the other day? Jim Clyburn, number <laughs> three in the house was in South Carolina. Yeah. He said how about we put up $5.7 billion in technology and border security? Let's call it a smart wall. Not even that was enough to sway Humpty Dumpty to come down off the wall. He wants a wall. It's got to be concrete. It's got to have, by the way, big gold letters on it on both sides of the wall that say Trump. It's a concrete wall big enough for gold letters to be seen from Mexico City. That's the only thing that seems to work. How about a moat with some bridges? Well, we could do a moat with bridges, but a bridges ain't a wall. A wall is a wall. A wall, you know, I mean, there's poetry about that somewhere. You know, a wall and a chink in the wall and all that. There's there's the ancient Pyramus and Thisbe and, and, and divided by a wall. I mean... It's all become crazy time here in the U.S. And meanwhile, the presidential contenders for 2020 are starting to line up. Jay Inslee, governor of Washington. There's a mob of them outside our window They're, right they're now. standing out there. There's, yeah, a, there's about a thousand of them. They're huddled under. They're pounding under, on the glass. They're huddled under an awning. They're pounding <laughs> on the glass. Let us in. We want to have our two cents. So there's Jay Inslee came to town. He was at my house. He said, he by Skype, actually, because he missed his really flight. He missed his flight. Well, he, by, he missed he, Pines. Politics. He was virtually at my yeah. house, and the uh, crowd loved him. There was a good crowd of environmentally sensitive and friendly people who uh, thought he had a lot of interesting things to say. So Jay Inslee came. Kamala Harris, who announced, uh, did an interview the other night with Rachel Maddow. Um, she hasn't been in New Hampshire, although apparently she's hired a campaign uh person in New Hampshire. Elizabeth Warren, of course, came to town. I'm now understanding that Michael Bloomberg is coming on what is clearly an exploratory presidential trip. Uh, Jeff Merkley's been here. Uh, Julian Castro has been here. Uh, Pete Buttigieg. I don't know how to pronounce it. (laughs) Buttigieg. 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 You had to know it wasn't butt. I had to know. You had to to try to figure out how to not have the butt. Sorry. Pete Buttigieg. 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 Who would know how to pronounce his name? Okay. Who would know Buttigieg? When I we mean, uh, we interviewed him on background, and we, that was the first thing, was we had to clear up how to pronounce his last name. Well, no, we couldn't he, move forward after He's that. never talked to me about it, but no. he's a 37-year-old mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Uh, Indiana's a very conservative state. South Bend has about 100,000 people. Pete Buttigieg uh, is a veteran of the, uh, having been deployed to Afghanistan, I believe. Um, he is out. He's a gay mayor running for president. He says it's time for the younger generation to take over. He's 37, very well spoken, um, was on uh, MSNBC the other night, answers questions well, smart guy. 
Um, there are other candidates milling about and thinking about uh, running for president. Joe Biden is still hanging out there. A draft Beto movement is in full swing. Beto's around still the trying country. to find himself, though. He's still trying to find himself going across the country, doing some social media Climb videos. Who am I? Who am I? What is in my soul? I'm going to the mountaintop, and I will find myself through meditation. <laughs> uh, speaking of meditation, um, there is the beer a there is, is an uncon- there is half empty. There is an important full, unconventional candidate empty. out there, Marianne who? Williamson. Marianne Williamson, who is an who? author. A spiritual leader, an entrepreneur, uh, ran for Congress in 2014 in California, didn't make it, but raised a lot of money and raised a lot of eyebrows. She is a person who's written 12 books, four of them New York Times bestsellers, has a huge following. Has a huge Huge following. following. Have you had four New York Times number one bestsellers? But I don't have eight. And she makes, she's very interesting because she starts with fundamental values and makes a spiritual connection about reanimating the spirit of America that our founders started with as a path to restoration, renewal, and recommitment to making this country the kind of country we want it to be instead of, sadly, the country that. It is and has become under Donald Trump a mean, divided place where the government doesn't work. So don't discount some of the less conventional candidates at a time when uh, conventional politicians seem to have seem not to be able to get anything done. Maybe what the country needs is a spiritual healing and a spiritual makeover that uh, gives everybody a sense of higher purpose, the higher ground of the common good, instead of the politicians all angling for themselves. Maybe it's time for some real reform. That's deep, man. I think um, I think that all of God's presidential candidates are welcome here in the state of New Hampshire. I welcome Marianne Williamson. I welcome Andrew Yang. I welcome everyone, and I think everyone should be heard. There's a lot of candidates. Again, there's there's thousands of them clamoring out front of our window. And, and what about the boot guy? Boot, Is the boot guy boot the boot? Oh, no, uh, not not Buttigieg, 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 Buttigieg. But the vermin boot supreme? guy, vermin now supreme. His, nah, his time's done. I, I don't want to oh, hear from him anymore. No, I'm done. I'm oh, done with no. vermin. Have you interviewed Bo- uh, vermin supreme? Mr. Supreme, as he might like to be called. Excuse no, I, I've, I've seen his. Excuse I've, me, Vermin. I've seen, you, his, you, I've seen his shtick. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Vermin, how would you like to be addressed? Oh, Commander Supreme will be fine. Thank you very much. Uh, um, I don't know. Maybe I ought to run for president. You know, I mean, the only thing, the only problem is what they'd use this show against me. All the things I've no said yep. that are politically incorrect, that are outrageous, all those things. Just think about what they'd use but against politically me. politically incorrect is the new politically correct. Oh, uh, well. See? So, I mean, so I, and I've coined, I think, one of the best descriptions of the current occupant of the White House there is. The carrot top cantaloupe. I mean, just the image of the of a cantaloupe sprouting little orange roots uh, on its head seems to satisfy my my deeply politically incorrect. Just that categorization will get you eleven percent here in New Hampshire. That's probably true. Now, when you get to the general, when you start to call the president mean spirited and divisive, and then oh, that was, that's think, really bad. Then I oh. think you're going to be in a little bit of trouble. Oh, yeah, but yeah. until then, until, until then, then, you're good. I'm good. Well. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, native son of New Hampshire, almost. Yeah, I mean, not well, quite. I moved here a long time ago. Who, My who, kids are natives. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. okay. Friends, 
I'm not announcing on the air at the at at this time. At this time, at we'll, this, we got to work through some at things. At this time, I, we got to work through your bio a little bit. We're gonna figure um, that out. No, my bio is good. Yeah. I got I got a good. We'll figure bio. out where you were born and whether or not we're gonna actually go with yeah, that. Or listen, when I when I ran for no 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 when I ran for Congress, yeah. they 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 hauled Rudy Giuliani into the state, and he said he claimed that I was still a Yankees fan, which was the lowest form of political smear I could ever imagine. How'd you combat that? Did you wear a Red Sox hat for like a? A day, I, I, a day. I never took it off. I slept t- with it. <laughs> I, I, and and I and I was in a Brady, a Brady official Brady autograph jersey, jersey oh, yeah. wearing a Red Sox hat, yeah. and I wore Bruins, Bruins goalie mitts. Yeah. I, I, you should have seen me that, that getting out of the shower and putting getting getting into my jersey and putting on the hat and the goalie mitts from the with the Bruins emblem on it. So that at least didn't wear a Larry Bird tank top. I thought that was would suffice out on the trail, and in fact, way back when it did suffice. People didn't take me for a New Yorker. There are candidates in the race who do sound like New Yorkers. There are candidates with great plans on the progressive left who really are New Yorkers, but they transplanted to Vermont because Vermont is kinder and gentler, especially to people who are New Yorkers. In fact, that's where they go. They don't really go to New Hampshire. That's all those Boston people. The New Yorkers go to Vermont, and they are my friends. Now, that, now so that, yeah. you know, they, I'm, I, I cannot compete with that kind of New York no. approach to life. But here we are in New Hampshire every four years, Every four years, the circus comes to town. And we got baton twirlers, and we got elephants, and we got donkeys. They're all coming. They're all coming to see what the voters of New Hampshire really think. And does the New Hampshire primary matter anymore is the real question. Because what? California's what? moved up. We got Nevada and South Carolina. And then on March 3rd, we have this that Super Tuesday. I'm asking the question. The New Hampshire primary is the election process. Oh, okay. I missed it. New Hampshire is all that counts. Yeah. You believe we that? We pick presidents. Iowa picks corn. We pick president. Iowa picks corn. They're, and I got some other they're, cliches. They're corny. Yeah, right. Yeah. We, here in New Hampshire, from the mountaintops of Mount Washington <laughs> to the oceans of Hampton and Rye, we pick presidents like John Paul Jones sailing from Portsmouth. Our history is deep, and our affection for the democratic process is legendary. No candidate can miss the New Hampshire primary. Uh, one of my great moments in broadcasting is I went to the John Paul Jones house because I, was, I remember going there as a kid. I'm like, oh, we're going to John Paul Jones house in, uh, in Portsmouth to do a show, and I found out he slept there like three times. Yeah, well, this is the John Paul Jones house. <laughs> I thought right? it was like his house. Like well, I thought he was there for a while. He's like, oh yeah, he spent a couple time. He spent a couple nights here. And soon the legend will expand. The Chris Ryan house, <laughs> buses, <laughs> buses of tourists going by Chris Ryan's house to say that is where Chris Ryan and Familia hey, laid their heads. The Familia was here once. Yeah, that's right. He was here, but he's gone now. Well, I think the New Hampshire primary is still. E- 
critically important. It's the first in the nation primary. It's why everybody comes here. That's more like it. That's, that's the talking points I gave you. Everybody's got to come. Everybody's got to stand up. They got to do Miller Harris, rooms. where are you at? They got to go for coffee. They got to walk Main Street. No tarmac campaign here in New Hampshire. We want to get up close and personal. We want to smell our candidates. Well, so, so who are you for? I don't know. I only, only met him. I only met him times, three times, and he times ain't been over for decide. supper. No, you have a terrible, a terrible accent, fake New Hampshire accent. You sound more like Southern? South Carolina. Oh. Yeah, you know, and South Carolina just does not have the same no. cred. No. No. No, 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 no. But it is a little more representative of the demographics uh, of the country. Uh, a little bit. You know, no, I can't hear you. Uh, what? Can't what? Hear you. D- not oh yeah! Speaking plain English. Here I go again. I'm not attacking the New Hampshire primary. We're often we are often right. We picked Bernie in 2016. We're often right. I mean, other than that, we we've been right most of the time. You know, we said uh, uh, Bernie would be the candidate, but Bernie wasn't. It, it was wasn't. it was Hillary. And this year, so we've got a bumper crop of women running. We've got. A Latino running. We've got African Americans running. We have an African American, Indian American woman running. Um, we've got real diversity. The Democratic Party looks like America. And that is reflected in the recent midterms in the House of Representatives. The Democratic Party in the House of Representatives now looks a lot more like America. After this election, the average age in the House has gone down by like 30 years. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is personally responsible for giving heartburn to 97% of the Republican Party and shows no sign of stopping, even when she says things that Democrats don't like. She's making waves, a Latina from the Bronx. Not since Donald Trump has an individual received this much of unnecessary media attention. Well, speaking of unnecessary media attention, I saw a chart the other day of Twitter followers. Yeah. And she is second only to the carrot top cantaloupe in what's going on on Twitter. She has taken over the Twitter sphere. She dances, she talks, she's pretty darn smart and she is creating a whole different kind of buzz in the Democratic Party. And she was put on the Financial Services Committee, which I was on, where she is going to take on big banks and corporate America so that all of us can be better protected against the excesses of corporate greed. And that's it for this segment of off the sure, record yeah, with Paul Rhodes. No, I'm, I'm yeah, done for good. today. Okay. I have been ranting, and I am now done in this segment of Off the Record with Paul Hodes here on WKXL AM and FM, streaming live at nhtalkradio.com, accompanied by my trusty sidekick, Chris Ryan, the man in the plaid flannel shirt, and brought to you Does by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's dementia or other forms of memory. It's impairment. another New Hampshire primary myth. Join a tour. Celebrate life at the Birches. Call 224-9111. And I'm ignoring Chris Ryan. <laughs> but we'll be back after this with an exciting conversation with an exciting candidate for an exciting job. Byron Champlin joins us. Don't go away.
Welcome back to Off the Record with Paul Hodes here on WKXLAM and FM, streaming live over the internet at nhtalkradio.com for your binge listening pleasure. We are brought to you by the Birches and Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community, designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, or other forms of memory impairment. You can join a tour and celebrate Life of the Birches by calling 224 9111. And I am really delighted to welcome a guest to our Main Street studio behind the glass as the passers-by look in like we were in a zoo. Byron Champlin, welcome to Off the Record. You're like going, ooh, 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 ooh. Well, no, that would only feed feed the frenzy outside the window. We don't make animal noises. We just rant, rave, and talk. Well, so, let me tell you, Paul, I just want to say on the record that you have my vote for in the presidential primary because anybody who could fold in Pyramus and Thisbe in a radio talk show will get my vote. Well, you know, the problem, though, is words like Pyramus and Thisbe, which are uh, an alliteration and an allusion to uh, poetry and theatricals, uh, is rather over the top for anybody running for office because since elites are on the out, uh, anybody who uses words that are more than two or three syllables and who has some allu- makes some reference to something intellectual like poetry or theater is really, really out of it. So I'm hoping, Byron, that as we go into this discussion, your language will be the kind of plain English that voters in Concord have come to cherish from you, the kind of straight talk I know you're capable of, because you are now, having served on the Concord City Council uh, as a Ward 4 representative, I believe, for many years, serving in a distinguished and thoughtful way, you're now running for an at-large seat. This is correct. I am. Why? Why would you leave the cozy confines of Ward 4, that comfortable, like an old sweater, <laughs> Ward 4, in which you make your residence, and take on the big, broad City as a whole. Why? Well, you know, somebody told me that uh, former Mayor Bill Verano once said that when you're a ward counselor, your first loyalty and obligation is to your ward, and the city comes second. But when you're an at-large city counselor, you really represent the city as a whole, and that's your concern. And I have to say that, you know, I've loved uh, serving Ward 4. I, uh, ward 4 is what I call the heart of Concord. It's a, it's a great ward and great community and, and neighborhood. But at the same time, I think I've always had a more global, more future-looking uh, perspective on city council. Uh, you know, somebody told me the other day that I tend to look at uh, the long uh, picture, the long story. Um, and I think that, you know, being able to serve the city and at, at an at-large role in which everyone from every ward has a chance to vote for me and to support me uh, gives me a better platform for uh, the thoughtful, long-term policy uh, making that, that I really want to be engaged in. So I want to talk about some of the policies and where the city is and where it's going, but just as a matter of process, why is it that there's an election coming up now, and when is the election coming up, and how did it how did it happen that you're now running? I mean, we're sure. we're in 2019. I don't think it's election time, and all of a sudden you're running for city council at large. What happened? Well, essentially, what happened was uh, the two things. One was that uh, Ward 10 Councilor Dan St. Hilaire was. Uh, uh, appointed to the Superior Court and uh, was required to resign his seat. Uh, and so that opened up uh, a seat in Ward 10. 
that requires a, uh, uh, a uh, special election by, according to the city charter. The second thing was that my uh, longtime colleague on city council, Steve Shirtliff, uh, who was an at-large counselor but also a state representative and for several years, as you know, has served as the minority leader in the House of Representatives, with uh, the change in political power in the House, in the legislature, Steve was elected uh, uh, the Speaker of the House um, and uh, decided that he needed to focus, I guess, and I don't want to speak for Steve, but he needed to focus on that job. And I have to say, as somebody who worked seven years for the House of Representatives and worked under two speakers, um, I have to say that uh, that really is a full-time job. And so that opened up the at-large seat, and uh, the city council voted uh, to hold a, a special election to fill that seat so that um, we would have a, a, a full team on the council for you know, many of the important work, much of the important work that we do. When is this election? The election is March 5th. Of course, that's a Tuesday. It's the first Tuesday in March. And will regular polling places around the city be open? Every normal polling place will be open around the city. Now... You know, you've had um, an extraordinary impact on the city of Concord. That's kind uh, of you to say. Well, it's true. I mean, I know you um, uh, in part uh, from your work uh, in arts and culture. You've been a leader for Creative Concord. You're now back on the board at the Capital Center for the Arts, which, um, if I'm not mistaken, were you chair for a period? I was. I was chairman, yeah. Right. So you were chair for a period, a a, a distinguished position that you and I share. Indeed. Um, uh, you have worked on the planning board. You've worked on the city council. Um, you've worked in finance. Um, you've had a really distinguished career. And and you're the kind of person who could have made a life anywhere and uh, been successful anywhere. Why Concord? You know, that's, that's an interesting question. Um, I came to Concord back uh, in the early 80s, 1981. Uh, and I have to say that I, I fell in love with the city. Uh, this city is, for me personally, is exactly the right scale, exactly the right size. Um, I like the fact that I can walk down a street and run into two or three people that I know. I like the fact that I can go into a store uh, on Main Street and know the people who own it, know the people working behind the counter, be on a first-name uh, basis. I also think Concord, and I have thought for a long time, that Concord has an immense amount of untapped potential. Uh, I think we're starting to realize that through the Main Street makeover, uh, suddenly, you know, uh, people are complaining that there's no place to park. And I have to say that I had an early conversation with one of the local shop owners who was opposed to the project, the downtown project. And I said, you do know that if Concord was as, as thriving as you want it to be and you had as much business as you want, it would be difficult. The only place where it's, where it's easy to find parking is a dying downtown. Uh, and so we've turned that around. We've made this into a really exciting place. Um, I particularly was gratified last week when I was at the Concord Young Professionals Network. And I met a young attorney uh, for the first time. And I asked him, you know, how do you like Concord? And he said, I just love Concord. And uh, he said, my wife and I have come to the point where we can't imagine living anywhere else. Uh, that is music to my ear because we are, uh, have a great retirement community. Uh, we have a, a great seniors community, but the future belongs to the young professionals and the young working people. And so I think one of the things we need to focus on is how do we make sure that there are places for them to live in the city? How do we make sure that there are entertainment venues that make them want to live here and move here? Um, and how do we 
uh, you know, keep our eye on broadening the tax base so that everyone uh, shares in the uh, the burden of supporting city government, which provides important services. Sixty percent of the city budget goes towards safety services, for example. So that's why I mean I kind of went off the off the track a little bit. That's but okay. You're a candidate for public yeah, office. Yeah, I know. You're I know. supposed to go off the track when I answer, <laughs> ask you a question. You're supposed to turn yeah. the answer to what it is you ever you yeah. want to talk about. Well, I think this is just a great city. I talked. To, I met a, a woman for the first time on New Year's Eve from Nashua, and she said to me, she said, you know. I come to Concord to go shopping. And she said, I ran into my son's mother-in-law here once shopping. And I said, what are you doing? She said, well, I'm here shopping. And I said, why do you come all the way up from Nashua to go shopping in Concord? She said, because Nashua doesn't have anything but restaurants and, 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 and banks on Main Street. Huh. And Concord has restaurants and Concord has shops and places to, you know, to, to spend time. And well, that's important. I, you know, I, I have to say, I, I came... I came to town a long time ago now, a little bit, a little before you did, and um, uh, at the time, back in the late seventies, uh, Concord was not uh, at all like it is today. It physically, the the buildings were here, except for the buildings that have now gone up on South Main Street, which have made mm-hmm. a huge change. There was this derelict theater the Capitol, Capitol Theater, where there are now fabulous buildings. There was an ancient Sears and Roebuck that was closed. Um, it was, uh, and, and, and Concord was kind of a sleepy town that people, people went by. You didn't get the feeling that there was a, a real life and heartbeat. And one of the arguments I made when, as the first chair of the Capitol Center for the Arts was that the Capitol Center could be the heartbeat for this mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. and I, I I remember arguing passionately that there were lots of entry points for people people in Concord cared about history mm-hmm. and the Capital Center for the Arts could people could approach it that way business people cared about um, investing in the community and a, a way to invest and show that they cared and that could be it people cared about arts and entertainment here but they had everybody had to go to Boston for it and that and I said look this could really spark a renovation and I'm very pleased to say that I think that that project which we started in around 1990 opened in 1995 have continually yep. upgraded and now is undertaking a new campaign to reopen the Concord old Concord movie theater as a, a 250 to 400 seat a multi-purpose uh, small exciting venue um, going along with the renovations in Main Street really creates um, the opportunity for Concord to brand itself as, uh, you know, a lot hipper than it used to be. Indeed. If I can use the word, I mean, the word's probably, it sh- just simply shows my <laughs> age by now, but Concord's never been thought of as a hip place. But we've got uh, that venue happening. Mark Sibirowski. Uh, who is a hero of the renovation of the Capitol Amen Center, to that. Yep. is talking about putting in a music club um, and a music venue in the old Phoenix Hall and doing a major renovation there. So you can imagine what could happen in terms of the culture of the town 
Um, we could use a few more restaurants, frankly. Yep. You know, I mean, it's a town that really could yeah. use a yep. few more restaurants. It seems to be so yeah. far a kind of meat and potatoes kind of place. But a yeah. few more restaurants, some late night music venues, yeah. and it's a place where young people will, could want, might want to be. Right. And I think we need to also focus on the fact that, you know, we really are a city of villages. You know, uh, the 2020 uh, report that was developed, uh, you know, through community involvement emphasized the fact that one of the unique qualities of Concord is that we're a city of villages. We have the Heights. We have the South End, McKee Square. We have Penacook, uh, you know, and and each of these has its own kind of culture and its own unique quality. And I think that while we've been focused on Main Street, we also need to continue to be focused on uh, our villages and particularly Penacook Village, which I think has uh, has, again, a lot of potential. Potential as beautiful infrastructure, uh, you know. I frankly think that uh, you know that would be a great place to see, you know, uh, more more coffee shops, to see more retail. Um, you know, at the city council uh, level, we've been trying. Uh, you know, I on the planning board and and city council level supported rezoning a piece of property off of Exit 17 to try to finally get Penacook, uh, a grocery store within reasonable reach. Um, you know, we're trying to bring more people to downtown because really, when you think about it, the reason that we've been successful having so much retail in downtown Concord Main Street is because we have a, uh, a, a kind of a, uh, uh, a, a, mac, a number of people walking the, the sidewalk. Until you get that sidewalk traffic, it's hard to convince a retailer to open up a shop in that neighborhood. We're talking with Byron Champlin. Byron Champlin is running for Concord City Councilor at large, very experienced, very dedicated. What a smart guy. This is Off the Record with Paul Hodes on WKXLAM and FM, streamed live over the internet at nhtalkradio.com, brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community, designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, or other forms of memory impairment. Join a tour, call 224-9111. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back with more with Byron Champlin after this. Don't go away. We're back. It's Off the Record with Paul Hodes here on WKXLAM and FM. Stream live over the internet, archived for your binge-listening pleasure. You and my dozens of listeners at nhtalkradio.com, brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community, designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, or other forms of memory impairment. You can join a tour and celebrate life at the Birches by calling 224-9111, I'm very pleased to welcome back my guest for this segment, Byron Champlin, running for Concord City Councilor at Large. A big step, Award 4 Councilor now, ready to take on the long-term vision for the city of Concord. So, Byron, Concord has made an awful lot of progress in the past few years. We, we can see it. We can feel it. It feels lively more traffic. There's more people out on the streets. Uh, the folks um, on Main Street seem to be more amenable to later night hours, and there are all kinds of wonderful activities. We recently had last year the League of Craftsmen sponsoring a, a crafts fair on in downtown. We all know about market days. We see arts venues and up and coming. Um, where does the few economic future for this city lie? Where, where are the jobs going to come from? And where are we going to put, 
housing for the people we want to attract and the people who are here? What 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 does that future look like? And I'd also ask for your vision on on energy sustainability because I think it's I think we're slow in Concord. I I am not condemning anybody, but I think we're slow. I think that our ordinances are not designed well enough to promote sustainable renewable energy and that should be a top priority because I think one way to brand our city effectively and attract the kind of people we want to attract is to be seen as a leader not a follower in renewable and sustainable energy because that sends a signal to young innovative entrepreneurial people that this is a place they want to be. Uh, I agree with you. I'm going to answer your last question first. Uh, I'm going to say, you know, uh, I, the other night I was sitting in on the uh, committee that is looking at a renewable energy plan for the city, which has a very ambitious goal of uh, being uh, 100% on renewable energy by the year 2050. Um, I've also on the city planning board been dealing with uh, looking at what kind of zoning uh, ordinances do we need uh, to accommodate solar panels, solar uh, farms, uh, which is something that, that was a point of contention with, with the zoning board uh, several months ago. Um, I think it's really important that we move forward in a prudent way to make sure that we adopt uh, appropriate measures to, to, to get us towards that admirable goal. I mean, this still has to go to the uh, city council for approval, any plan that comes out of the Renewable Energy uh, Committee. And in fact, I mentioned after that meeting to a couple of the members that they really need to think about, and I think uh, it might have been Steve Dupree who was on that panel who mentioned that uh, they really need to think about the process we used for the Main Street redesign in terms of getting public input, getting public buy-in, and making sure that we're, we're moving in an appropriate direction. So I agree with you. I think we really need to look at renewables. But the, the goal is 100% renew renewables not only at the municipal level but at the individual level too. And that means you really need to get that community buy-in. Uh, relative to where are we going in economic development, I supported hiring an economic development uh, director uh, two years ago. Um, I think it's really important for us to have a very intentional and focused um, economic development strategy. Um, it is a tough nut. Uh, the maxim is that that business tends not to move north of the hooks at toll booths. Uh, while we've seen an awful lot of tech development and now the new army uh, development that uh, Dean Kamen has brought to, to, to Manchester, uh, if anything, we see things kind of flow in the other direction. Uh, you know, uh, we see things flow down towards Manchester instead of up towards it's Concord. A brain drain. It is. It absolutely is. We've seen lots of innovations that were developed here in Concord that not, then go down to Manchester to grow. I, I remember there, uh, when I was a congressman, there was a tiny little company called Nanocomp um, uh, out here, uh, I think on uh, off the heights. Um, it was some, somewhere out here, and I visited Nanocomp, and they were just beginning to um, develop uh, carbon uh, uh, fiber technology that was extraordinary, mm -hmm. and they were. Um, it was at the nano level. They were they were spinning carbon fibers that was like cotton candy. These tiny, infinitesimally small strands that could be uh, woven into mats, uh, and that that were stronger than almost any substance that had all kinds of extraordinary properties. And they're no longer in Concord. Yeah. Um. They they've you know I think they've 
they've since moved out. So we have a challenge to retain companies as they grow and yeah. then a challenge to attract new companies. Right. And, and you know, and you know that I've chaired the Chamber of Commerce board and I'm still on the board. And, and frankly, that's something that we talk about a lot. And, and that's something that we talk about a lot at the city level. What we really need to do is to identify what are the factors that, that will attract people to Concord, uh, businesses to Concord, and what are the factors that will cause them to leave. And let's address those. Um, I think that's an ongoing process. I don't think I have a silver bullet. It would be nice if I did. Uh, but it's certainly something that's clearly on my radar stream, uh, screen, and I think the radar, radar of the city. Relative to the other part of your question, which was where are people going to live, I think that's one of the most critical issues we have to face. Uh, you know, uh, I think we have about a 2% vacancy rate in Concord. Uh, as you know, the mayor appointed me several years ago to the steering committee on the city's plan uh, to end homelessness, and I've been working closely with the Concord Coalition to end homelessness in that regard, both before I retired uh, as a funder of the uh, of the programs, the Housing First program, uh, and others. Um, but uh, it's really critical for us to try to create more housing opportunities. Now, you're right. The question is, where do you put it? We need density of housing. Um, I'm willing to look at a lot of different solutions. Uh, you know, uh, we have uh, the opportunity to maybe do some innovative things. I've been toying with and I'm looking at tiny houses. And when I say that, I don't mean the tiny houses that have wheels on them and like a little RV. I mean permanent, on a foundation, tiny houses of 500 to 1,000 square feet that might be able to be an entry-level housing for a young couple or maybe a place for a retired couple to downsize uh, to create that opportunity. Um, also, there is also the possibility of looking at our zoning to try to, for example, uh, create more opportunities for subdividing some of the lots in our older communities, which might be appropriate for a tiny house. Uh, you know, we've already made steps in the planning board and at the city council level uh, to uh, uh, create uh, or to uh, allow, um, and now I'm going to forget exactly what they're called, the uh, auxiliary uh, uh, housing units, you know, to allow somebody who has a large house to subdivide that house and create, you know, on, attached to it or as part of it, uh, auxiliary, an auxiliary dwelling unit, uh, which they could then either rent out as a source of uh, a supplemental income or uh, which they can use could use for an elderly or a young family member. Again, creating more density, creating more housing opportunities uh, for our people. Well, Byron, I really appreciate your vision, your stick to persistence. We're going to have you back, I hope, uh, often um, as we talk about the city and, and what's going on. I'd like you to hope you'd uh, be willing to be a regular guest on Off the Record. I would absolutely love to, as long as we can talk about the classics and, you know, Pyramus and Thisbe and Tristan and Osalda and yeah, all of then, that stuff. But then we got to talk about rock and roll and, uh, and, and the bands we like. Well, too. I'm going to see a great band tomorrow night, uh, Rubble Bucket, unfortunately in Boston, but that's the kind of show I hope we're going to have here at the man, Bank of man, New Hampshire I, I like stage. That name. Well, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, you'll come over Come over to Area 23 uh, in March and hear my band, Calamity Jane. Mid, Mid-March, we're playing at Love Area to. 23. Uh, we're loud, we're old, we're fun. Uh, this is <laughs> Off the Record with Paul Hodes on WKXLAM and FM, streamed live over the Internet at nhtalkradio.com. Our guest has been Byron Champlin, running for city councilor at large right here in Concord, brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community, designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, and other forms of memory impairment. You can join a tour and 
celebrate life with the Birches by calling 224-9111. Don't go away. We'll be back to wrap up after this short message. We're back. It's Off the Record with Paul Hodes here on WKXLAM and FM. Streamed live over the internet at nhtalkradio.com. Brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community. Designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, or other forms of memory impairment. You can join a tour and celebrate life at the Birches by calling 224-9111. Well, my friends... We had a very interesting show this week, if I do say so myself. We had, of course, a visit from our correspondent at Radio Moscow, dialing in, hacking in to our show to tell us that Vladimir Putin is very happy at the mess that he's created in the United States with his puppet, the Orange uh, the Carrot Top Cantaloupe, who is the current occupant of the White House. And we had a great conversation with Byron Champlin, a really terrific public servant, a great smart guy, a big fan of innovative music, who is running f- to be a Concord City Councilor at large, taking the entire city under his wing with vision and persistence. Suffice to say, I'm a big fan. We hope to have him back on a regular basis. It's off the record with Paul Hodes on WKXLAM and FM, streamed live over the internet at nhtalkradio.com. Thanks to our dozens of listeners out there in Radioland, and thanks to our great sponsor, the Birches at Concord. Give them a call at 224-9111 and find out what makes life at the Birches so special. Off the record with Paul Hodes. We'll be back next week with more crazy stuff. See you then.